It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, Panthers Nation? What is happening? Bill Rossetti back with you guys here on another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Hope you guys are having a good week and staying safe and all that good stuff. We're back here for a Tuesday edition. Uh, We're going to touch on the undrafted free agents that the Carolina Panthers have officially agreed to terms with. And there's some intriguing names on here. Most of which, of course, we kind of touched on on Monday with the list from Pro Football Network. But now it's official from the Carolina Panthers. So we'll run through and highlight some of those names for you. But um, first thing I actually want to talk about regarding the Carolina Panthers draft class. I just want to touch on a report that I read from Sports Illustrated and from Albert Breer this morning and I found it very fascinating regarding the Panthers in the second round and particularly who they traded up for in the back end of the second round that of course was Jeremy Chin the safety out of Southern Illinois and interestingly enough according to the notes that Albert Breer wrote the Panthers can actually thank the Philadelphia Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts uh, for the Panthers being able to trade up to select Jeremy Chin. Now, of course, there was a, still a bit of a gap between when the Eagles took Jalen Hurts at 53 versus where the Panthers ended up getting Chin at number 64. But reading Albert Breer's notes, of course, was focusing on how the, the Eagles landed on drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round at number 53 overall going to his pro day and this, that, and the other thing. Because remember, Oklahoma still got their pro day in before uh, all the scouting trips and whatnot were shut down because of the pandemic. But Breer ended the note by saying that uh, he noted two players that that he had heard were under consideration for the Eagles had they not taken Jalen Hurts at 53. One was J.K. Dobbins, who of course went a couple picks later to the Baltimore Ravens, and the other was Jeremy Chin, selected by the Panthers at 64. And Albert Breer ended by saying, gun to my head, I say Philly would have taken Chin in that circumstance. And I think you have to... I I was one of the guys that really thought that the Eagles, with the way the board was falling, I thought Chin would have fit in really well with the Philadelphia Eagles. So really interesting to see that Chin was on the Eagles board, but they decided to go and, of course, kind of stun the world by taking Jalen Hurts in the second round. So that worked out really well for the for the Carolina Panthers. Because, again, if the, the Eagles didn't decide to pull, pull the trigger on Jalen Hurts, which apparently also had to do 
with them missing out on some other quarterbacks. There was a, a rumor floating around that uh, back when they drafted Nick Foles, they also wanted to get him and Russell Wilson. So apparently them missing out on Russell Wilson kind of led to them wanting to just st- kind of stockpile talent to quarterback and get Jalen Hurts here. So thank the Philadelphia Eagles for passing on Jeremy Chin because like we talked about before, I, th- I think Jeremy Chin landed in a tremendous situation with the Carolina Panthers. Again, we talked about how versatile this kid is, kind of that raw positionless player uh, uh, to a lesser extent than that of Isaiah Simmons. And I know a lot of people are certainly excited about the, the possibility and the potential of Jeremy Chin in this Panthers defense, at least give him a chance to really grow. You know, I, I think he would have fit really well with the Eagles, but you know, things happen for a reason in life, right? But Jer- Jeremy Chin, very excited to watch him. He was one of my favorite prospects in this class. And I would pegged into the Panthers a little bit throughout this process, really was high on him, really excited for his pet, for his potential. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys out there are as well too. So thank the Philadelphia Eagles for letting Jeremy Chin fall all the way to this. And really not just the Eagles, of course, but uh, all the other teams between 54 and 63, you know, between the point the Eagles took Hertz and the, the time the Panthers took Chin. But mostly just from reading this report, thank the Philadelphia Eagles for allowing Chin to fall a little bit further and that the Panthers only had to spend a fifth-round pick to move up five spots to get Jeremy Chin. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So that was just something quick I wanted to touch on. Like I said, the other thing I want to touch on today as well is the official announcement from Monday of the 17 undrafted free agents that the Carolina Panthers have agreed to terms with. And again, we talked about most of these guys on Monday when it was reported um, you know, via different outlets and we looked at the list on Pro Football Network. But now they've made the official announcement so we can really start talking about these guys. Like, like we talked about on Monday, one of the highlights on this list was one of the top statistical wide receivers in college football in 2019. That, of course, was Arkansas State wide receiver Omar Bayless. Uh, Bayless was a four-year player for the Red Wolves. He played in 43 games, totaled 2,764 career receiving yards and 26 receiving touchdowns. The yardage is sixth all-time in Sunbelt history. His 26 receiving touchdowns is second all-time in Sunbelt history. So one of the top players the Sunbelt Conference has ever seen. And he, of course, was also Sunbelt Player of the Year 
in 2019. He finished last season with 1,653 receiving yards and 17 receiving touchdowns. Of course, the only player that had more receiving yards than Omar Bayless was one of the stars, of course, of the national champion LSU Tigers and arguably wide receiver one in next year's draft class. That, of course, is Jamar Chase. And, of course, if you look at a lot of uh, 2021 early mocks, Jamar Chase is already looking like a potential top five pick. But he had 1,780 receiving yards last season. And then the only two players that had more receiving touchdowns than Bayless, of course, both came from LSU. Jamar Chase led the way with 20. And then Justin Jefferson, who just went 22nd overall to the Minnesota Vikings, had 18 touchdowns and, of course, also had over 1,500 receiving yards. So, not bad. Omar Bayless basically had more receiving yards and more touchdowns than anybody that did not play at LSU. So, that is a very impressive feat. And, again, statistically, just a a great... A great player, so you can't argue the the uh, production. Um, I'm guessing the way or the reason why he fell all the way out of the draft. Uh, his 40 yard dash wasn't the greatest as a uh, a four six two. Uh, looking at at least Lance Zierlein's scouting report from him, uh, some of his strengths. Obviously, the big season in 2019. Lance says uh, or mentions he averaged 50 yards per game. More than the nearest, than the next nearest Sunbelt wideout. Uh, vertical deep threat. As he, he had three long touchdowns of at least 70 yards. Athletically gifted. Uh, but some of his weaknesses says he needs more refined press release. Sluggish and underneath routes. Uh, faced a high number of contested catches. His route tree is limited. Can't sink his hips. So a lot of work to do as far as the route running goes. Um, and Lance's source, an area scout from AFC team, told him that you think he looks fast against those cornerbacks he played, but I don't think he's going to break 4-5 regarding the, his time in the 40-yard dash. And uh, not just, again, not even breaking 4-5, he didn't even break 4-6, so that hurt him a bit. So speed, um, technique, press coverage, a lot of those seem to factor into Omar Bayless. Uh, falling all the way out of the draft. So I guess this is just one of those scenarios where you, you kind of have to take level of play into consideration because we are talking about the Sunbelt Conference. It's still FBS, obviously, but of course one of those lower conferences. But we did just see an Appalachian State linebacker go just outside the top 100. I think Darrington Evans actually went in, inside the top 100 to, I believe it was the Tennessee Titans, if I remember correctly. And we, we know Evans was a a tremendous a tremendous player there as well in at Appalachian State. So it's not like uh you know he he was near near the end of of uh, round three. So it's not like the Sun Belt has some bad players. Yeah, ninety three overall, Darrington Evans was selected. But overall, you know, level of play was a little bit of concern. And again, there's a lot of stuff you have to worry about on the field. But the deep threat ability with guys like Robbie Anderson, guys like DJ Moore, I mean, you never know. Maybe there's a way that uh, that Joe Brady can scheme him into the offense. You know, if he shows well enough in training camp, maybe they find 
maybe they find a role for him. You never know. The problem, of course, is this offseason is so unique and it's going to be so tough. And it's this is something I've heard other people talk about and it's very true. I think you're going to rely a lot on veterans this offseason and this upcoming season because, again, we don't know when these teams are going to be able to actually get on the field. Yeah, we're doing these virtual offseason programs, but that's certainly not a total substitute to actually being on the field and getting those reps. And um, I was actually watching a video from Jeff Schwartz of SB Nation, of course, one of the top offensive linemen we've seen throughout like the late 2000s and through the 2010s with the Lions and the Giants, who himself was a late-round pick. He was, I think he said, pick 241 of his draft. So he knows what it's like to kind of work his way through. And he mentioned how veterans are, and he brings up a really good point, veterans are going to get a lot of the reps because there's going to be such a limited time now on the field because of this pandemic. So veterans are going to get a lot of reps to get themselves back into playing shape. So these rookies, especially these undrafted guys, really going to have to step up. They're going to have to know what they're doing. So Omar Bayless, while he comes in with a lot of production, is going to have to work his tail off, especially with all these wide receivers now that are that are with the Panthers. I mean, let's face it, this is a crowded wide receiver room with all the free agents that they brought in. So Bayless definitely has a lot of work to do. But again, the, the fact that he brings in so much production gives him some kind of edge, and now he's going to have that fire under him that he went undrafted. So I'll really be curious to watch Omar Bayless, see what he does uh, in training camp and especially in the preseason. Um, he wasn't the only wide receiver as well that they brought in through undrafted free agent. They, they also brought in Trevante Heights of TCU, so kind of the running mate a little bit, not too much, but a little bit to uh, Jalen Rayar. He played wide receiver and special teams uh, where he tallied 327 career receiving yards and three touchdowns. Also had 18 special teams tackles. So more of a special teams fit there in heights. Um, this Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. An intriguing name here to watch though, too, is Jordan Mack linebacker out of Virginia. Mack was actually a four-year starter at Virginia, and he was a third-team All-ACC selection in 2019. He had 114 tackles as a sophomore, but he's had injuries each of the last two seasons, and that certainly hurt his draft stock. He had an ankle injury uh, that he had surgery on after last season that basically cost him the entire 
pre-draft process. So that led to him falling all the way out of the draft. But in uh, in 47 games at Virginia, 14 and a half sacks, 25 and a half tackles for loss, sixth force fumble. So he was productive over his four years at Virginia. Again, it's just those medical red flags that are going to uh, that are going to be of some concern. But he's definitely a name I think to watch here. Uh, as is Chris Orr, Wisconsin linebacker, who is a second team All Big Ten honoree. In 2019, he had 11 and a half sacks, 14 tackles for a loss, two forced fumbles, and five passes defended. Uh, but he also has had some injury concerns over his college career. He actually tore his ACL on the first play of the season in 2016, but he bounced back from that, playing in 50 games with 30 starts, uh, 20 tackles. And or 20 tackles for loss and 14 sacks. So interesting names there. They actually kind of loaded up on linebackers with the with the undrafted free agency. I'll just run through the names of just the linebackers that they signed. Jason Ferris, linebacker of Montana Western, who actually had 119 tackles last season. Sam Franklin of Temples, you got the, the Temple connection there. Jordan Mack of Virginia, Chris Orr of Wisconsin, David Reese of Florida, who was AP second team all SEC last season, 94 tackles, and that's it. But you know, some some interesting names there on the the linebacker list, you know, bringing in a lot of college production to that linebacker group, just trying to f- fill in what they can uh with the with the retirement of Luke Keekley. Uh, so overall, just real qu- quick, the names that the Panthers have uh, agreed to terms with from the undrafted free agency. Three three players actually officially signed on Monday. They were Jordan Mack, uh, Fresno State tight end, Cam Sutton, and Colin Thompson. And then the rest of the... So the full list of undrafted free agents were Miles Adams, defensive end from Rice, Omar Bayless, wide receiver, Arkansas State. Brandon Bowen, tackle, Ohio State. Jason Ferris, linebacker, Montana Western. Sam Franklin, linebacker from Temple. Miles Hartsfield, defensive back from Mississippi. Trevante Heights, wide receiver, TCU. Mike Horton, guard, Auburn. Jordan Mack, linebacker, Virginia. Frederick, or Frederick Maugoa. Center Washington State, who started 39 consecutive games at center for Washington State. Chris Orr, linebacker, Wisconsin. David Reese, linebacker from Florida. Giovanni Ricci, tight end from Western Michigan. Austrian Robinson, defensive tackle from Michigan, or excuse me, Mississippi. Rodney Smith, running back from Minnesota, another productive running back brought in. Uh, Smith had over 5,400 career all-purpose yards in Minnesota. That's the most in school history. And he's second on the school's rushing list with 4,122. And then his 29 rushing touchdowns are sixth most in Minnesota history. Uh, Cam Sutton of Fresno State, Sam Tecklenburg of Baylor, and again we mentioned Colin Thompson, tight end out of Temple, who of course was the was also the player that just came over from the XFL playing for the Tampa Bay Vipers. He had one catch for 13 yards in those five games. So 
uh, a second XFL player as well, as of course the other was quarterback PJ Walker. But that's the list. That pretty much rounds out the draft class for 2020 for the Carolina Panthers. So we're going to dive or hopefully start diving into some of these players. I want to try to get some uh, other voices in here as well to maybe get their thoughts and then maybe try to kind of reset the roster a little bit, see where things stand as we now go into what is a very uncertain time uh, in the NFL. First off, we're we're talking about the what the the uh, or what the league is going to do with the schedule, right? Uh, they're planning backup plans and uh, for the schedule, which uh, there was one report that came out that one contingency plan could be that the league or the regular season begins in mid-October and there would be no bye weeks and no Pro Bowl. You would just play straight through um, until the until the Super Bowl on February 28th. Now, the playoffs, of course, would still be the same, which means uh, the two number one seeds in each conference would get that bye week because, remember, the playoffs now are going to 14 teams starting this season, meaning only the number one seed in each conference will get that first round bye. But as for the regular season, there would be no no bye weeks. And again, this is just a contingency plan. Right now, the NFL is still planning on having a normal regular season starting in the beginning of September, 17 regular season weeks with a bye for every team. But um, there are the contingency plans, one of which... At least, or at least one suggestion I should say that I've found on Sports Illustrated would be starting the season or at least scheduling at the start of the season your interconference games in case if games do have to get canceled, those would be kind of the quote-unquote least important because they don't count towards playoff tiebreakers. So they would be kind of the easiest to get rid of. So in this case, that would refer to the Panthers games against the AFC West. And then Probably next on the list, at least of importance, would be the um, the conference games that are outside the division. Because obviously the division games are the most important. So then it would go to the, the other conference games. Which, again, for the Panthers, that's going to be the NFC North. The Packers, the Vikings, Lions, and Bears. And then, of course, the two, te- the two other teams that finished last in their respective divisions. Those are the Washington Redskins and the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll see what the... The schedule looks like they're still targeting about May 9th as the schedule release date. So we'll see what what uh, what spits out. You know, if they bring out a, a regular schedule and potentially a backup schedule in case things start to get shut down a little bit. So that's kind of where we stand. Um, so yeah, we're kind of at a bit of a dead period here. A, a very at the very least, a very, a very foggy period because we have no idea what's going to happen next. Normally, we would be talking about rookie minicamp coming up for all these teams, but obviously that's not going to happen. It's just all sitting at your computer and trying to soak in as much information as possible. So uh, with that, with the with those kind of happy thoughts in mind, I think we're going to wrap it up here. So at least we got to touch on the, the Jeremy Chin thing and talk a little bit about the undrafted free agents so with that i'm gonna bounce as always appreciate you guys tuning in uh follow me on twitter of course at bill underscore Rossetti. uh follow the podcast pretty much wherever you get your streaming services uh take care of yourselves stay safe 
And we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.